So welcome to our very first episode of recording a guest. I'm honored. It's so funny how everything works out because you are the one that pushed me to launch the podcast officially, which is so funny because I had been sitting on the idea forever and ever and ever. I think it was like three or four months when we met, which we'll get into in a second. Did I already have the idea to do the podcast? I remember telling you at the retreat, like, where is your podcast? And I didn't know how long you'd been thinking about it or if it was even an idea. But I just remember coming to the retreat with like, I need to ask, like, there needs to be a podcast. And then I asked. Okay, so welcome to Bench and Talk Shit. And this is Isa Garcia, who is just one of my most favorite human beings ever. And I'm just doing this intro because when she's talking about the retreat, we actually have never met in person before. And that was our very first time meeting each other. And it's so Isa where she's just like, where's your podcast? You know, she can see 10 steps ahead of what would be so good and beneficial for you to be successful. You're a projector, right? Yeah. In human design, which I forgot about until this moment because... We had never met before and you had just no. discovered Benchon like that day. How did, so let's start there. With, how did you come to that retreat? So Issa joined us on our retreat in June of last year. And that was the very first time that we met. And so how did you find out about that? Instagram. I literally found someone tagged you and I was going down a rabbit hole and I was moving to New York. So I was living in Ecuador and I had asked the universe like, okay, I'm moving alone. I'm leaving everything I have and everything I own. And I'm just going to move to New York. And I won the green card lottery. So they gave me a period of months where I had to move. So it was like, it was a dream forever. And now it, it happened in the most like miraculous way, but also, oh my God, one day to another, I just have to move. I have to sell everything. Give us a timeline. When was that? I was at the embassy after waiting for like a year and a half. Anyone that's been through any migratory process understands like the limbo where you live for a while where you don't know anything. And then one day I got an email, went to the embassy February 7th, okay? Of last year, it was 2022. Yeah. 2022. And they go, you have six months to move to the US. And so I leave the embassy and I'm like, I need to move to New York. And one of the first things I asked the universe, I was like, how am I going to meet people and please put beautiful, soulful business women in front of me? Where are the spaces I should start like going to? And I started praying basically into like and asking New York to put these things in front of me. And I would like do the thing that I would have to do. And so on Instagram, I would spend a lot of time researching like what type of activities am I going to be able to do and like getting excited about it? And that's how I found Benchin. And you started, I think at the time when I found it, you were at the winter retreat. And I was like, this feels mm. like the best idea ever. I need to keep an eye out for the next one. Which was our very first retreat. I saw those stories and like marketing. And I was like, oh my God, I was not in New York at the time, but I was like, oh, there's going to be one later. I need to go. And as soon as you launched the next retreat, I wasn't even in New York, I think still. And I was like, I need to buy a ticket. I'm going like, I don't care how it happens when it happens. And then I remember come May, I was like, oh, I have a ticket to a retreat. Like I had completely forgotten. And it like came up on my email and I was like, yeah, of course I'm going. And then a friend, Elena was also visiting at the time. She like came out of nowhere to New York and I told her this is so up your alley but like you can stay in my apartment in New York if you want to stay but I have this 
retreat upstate. She's like, I'm joining. And then she came to the retreat too. It was like the most beautiful time. I just loved how seamless it was. You both just showed up and we were like, who are these people? Because we usually have people from the community who were familiar with their names and you two were so enthusiastic and excited. You were like, what outfits should we bring? And and what's the temperature? What's the weather? And we were like, wow, they're really excited to be here and to come. And we had the best time. And so I'm teaching the retreats and producing them with the team, but I'm kind of like in a little bubble. And I just remember the whole retreat, everyone, you just were captivating. We were all sitting by the pool and... Isa's just doing the very, she's like, okay, and here's what you're going to do and for your business and here's how you're going to do it. And everyone's sitting around the pool, just captivated and just like magnetized to Isa. And I said to her, I was like, what is she talking about? And then I went out and joined and I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And taking notes and like checking it off. And it was so funny. And that's how we met. And yeah, we were just so, I was so excited to meet you. So just to lead into that. So tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what is it that you do before we jump into sort of how you pushed me to launch the podcast, which was such a really big moment for me as well. And I'm so proud that we're on it now. So by the way, for all of our listeners, we didn't plan this. We had zero plan that you were going to be our first guest. (gasps) Oh my God. I love it. We emailed a bunch of people at the same time just to schedule things. And you were the very first person. It just makes so much sense. Okay. Yeah. The universe I'll play. So what do I do? I have an online company and it's all based around putting, helping women make more money. And so we are now expanding to the English market because we started in Latin America because it's so special to me. And there's so many components into having a successful business, right? And as a Latin American woman, a lot of it is just like mindset, fear of money, managing money, sales, doing it in an authentic way feminine energy and leadership, and then other tools like human design and mental health. And so at this point, we've expanded into finding every single way that we can help someone be in their power to be able to change the world through business. And so I think businesses are these entities that help us, one, transform ourselves. It's like spiritual growth 101. Like Mm -hmm. you want to look at all your shadows, start a business, right? So I believe businesses will transform us and help us grow in the most like into our most authentic self, but then also change the world. I feel, I believe that when money is involved, it's the easiest way to change the world. And so I was raised in a very, very conservative world. And I was taught that I couldn't, I should never speak about money, manage money. I should leave men to do that. And I had never even seen a woman make money, much less be financially independent or have financial freedom. And that became a very big passion of mine. And then the online world merged with the fact that I'm a projector. And I was like, there's efficient ways to do things. And then also to find clients all over the world. So this part of like scaling and being able to serve people everywhere is just something I'm very passionate about. And so now we have a line of physical products. I've done a cookbook, healthy food. I've done, now we do journals where we just finished our launch number five. And that's all about mental health. So when you write every day and you journal every day, your communication becomes stronger, more precise, more powerful. You get more clear inside and outside. And I believe that mental health is a very fast track into having a successful business. Like, It's so obvious when you put it like that, but good mental health, vitality. I used to be very sick, like more autoimmune diagnostics that I I was never going to get out of. And like traditional medicine told me that was just going to be life. And that's kind of like how it started. I was like, no, it's not like this cannot be the only answer I get. 
after like talking to hundreds of professionals, that cannot be the only answer. And so I started figuring it out. At one point, I was so sick, I could barely get out of bed. You share such similar stories because that is really what happened with me years ago too. So it really resonates. And I think that once you know what it feels like when your body does not allow you to do the things you want to do, I found such a deep respect for my energy, for my health, for my vitality, for my creativity, and all of those, and finding a way for all of those to be nourished by business and to be nourished by sales. Because I used to think that it was one or the other and that you had to sacrifice one or the other. And so we have online programs for money mindset. We have online programs for sales. We have online programs to start your own business. Now we're launching one on how to start a podcast as the business strategy. And that's the reason I told you about the podcast, because I found that it's one of the most, such a great way for organic business growth. And I think not enough people are talking about it. And I'm desperate for people to know. (laughs) My first question to you in sort of that landscape is, so you left Ecuador to come to New York. What made you take that leap of faith to do it, to finally move? Or was it something that was happening already? And also, I want to have a little bit of a question around how did you get into the business strategy? Because I think it kind of happened at the same time, if I'm right or wrong. We've been doing this for maybe four years. Mm -hmm. So it was before you moved. Yeah, yeah. Way before I moved. Oh, okay. Uh, I've done so so many businesses, basically. Mm -hmm. And part of that was I wanted to know how to sell anything. And I think that the fearlessness part, I always think about it because every time a new fear presents itself, it feels like the first time. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that with enough practice or whatever... Like I used to look at people that were three steps ahead of me and that were inspiring me, were showing me what's possible. And I was like, they don't feel fear. And every single time I do something that I was scared and I get out of my comfort zone, I've I've been reframing getting out of my comfort zone with growing my comfort zone. Mm. And so in the last year, I was like, oh, what if this thing that's outside of my comfort zone means that I just need to expand the comfort zone? Instead of being like, oh, I have to jump. Because jumping felt like this big thing that caused me more fear. Instead of being like, oh, after I do something a couple of times, it becomes part of my comfort zone. Which it's not that the comfort zone is is tighter, right? It's not like a room that you keep filling in with things that are now inside. It's that the comfort zone grows. And now it just has more things in the perimeter. So that's been helping me a lot with like the part of like, oh, right now this is outside of my comfort zone. My job is to grow the perimeter of my comfort zone. But I think that it always comes back to the fear has never left. And I've always been terrified. (laughs) Like, I don't think the fear has ever subsided. It's actually when the things get bigger and the pressure gets bigger and more things are at stake. And then there's, you know, when I started, it was just me with this little thing that people did not take seriously. It was like, what is Isa doing on social media? You know, her little like hobby. And I kind of like love that that's how it started because it allowed me to just do what I wanted to do. But the fears in my experience, they just change and then they just show you the deeper and deeper shadows and insecurities. And I think that it's not a matter of how do I get rid of the fear, but what am I more scared of? I find that to be very helpful to be like, what's the biggest fear to stay in the same place or to face this? And I think that whenever the fear of staying in the same place or the fear of something not changing 
is like 1%, 2% bigger than the other one, that's enough. And I feel like that makes me feel more capable. Because if I look at the fear and I'm like, I can only do this if this is gone, we all know that's never going to happen. But if you put the two things on a, like a balance and you go like, hmm, okay, there's two things that I'm scared of. And number one is nothing changing and me waking up in the same place the next year with the same complaints and the same things that I don't like that I don't like in my life. And I became terrified of that. And that I think is one of the things that scares me the most to not grow, to not learn, to just stay in the same and like the boredom. I believe that one of the most powerful things we can do is just get bored of our own excuses. (laughs) And when you get bored of your bullshit, then you get scared of just staying in your bullshit. And I think that became more powerful. Like with the, are you scared what people think about you? We all are scared. Like no one likes people talking shit about you. But then I was more scared to be mediocre. And then Mm -hmm. I was more scared to just have a mediocre life. Mm -hmm. And then I was just more scared of whenever I find myself in a place where I know things are getting like static, you know, like flatlining, Mm -hmm. our soul dies. Like (laughs) literally a part of like our passion and that fire and that drive that we have to create the creativity. I call them inner resources. These like things that are inside you and that you are in charge of renewing and recharging and making them glow and like grow Mm-hmm. Blow and grow. That's that's a good phrase. Write it down. <laughs> I want to get a squeegee thing in the shower because all my ideas yeah. come and I'm just like, I've been thinking about getting this the board in the shower forever. And then I keep for years and then I forget. I just had a great idea and I was, you said glow what and grow. And I was it? like, what was it? I don't even know. I don't yeah. remember. That's the problem. But so is that what made you move? Is that what was the leap to move to New York? No, the move was actually, so it was my dream my entire life, but yeah. I, I didn't have a visa and I didn't have a green card like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm from Ecuador basically you're you're born and told I was born and told that that was never a possibility and I was never that was just not in the cards for me mm-hmm. I was just supposed to be in Ecuador for the rest of my life and I got a, a divorce and when that happened I was on this lane for my like my life was determined right and I was I was married when I was like 23 24 I was supposed to have kids by a certain age I was gonna be a housewife you know like all these like things were just predetermined for me and by a lot of like silent rules and just silent things that you just like follow and when that broke I think like when I left that marriage I just imagine like all these like plates broken and it's painful and it's also just the most refreshing thing because now there's no perfection to follow and after that no standards were set on me. Like now people didn't expect me to get married again. Now people didn't expect me to have kids by a certain age. Like out of nowhere, all these like external pressures like disappeared. It's almost like it broke this sort of like glass box for you. 100%. Because for some people, that's their dream and that's what they want. And then for some people, it's not their dream and what they want. And I want to get married again. Like I always say, I went through a divorce because I believe in love. Mm -hmm. And that's another example. Like staying in a relationship that's not working and that is not the place for you and you know the truth because you always know the truth inside is the flat lining of your soul and your life right and like leaving that I was more scared to like convince myself that that was love and I was like this cannot be love you know that this is not enough yeah because there's a lot of people that don't make that leap you know 
no, it's hard as fuck. To, of like, course. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I completely, like, yes. <laughs> but it's like those decisions, it's the same. It's the same concept. Like I made that decision because I believe in the type of love that I want in my life. And I think that with business and these all, and, and so basically to come to the moving part, I started traveling and I started asking the universe, is there like, oh, I, I had this dream of living in New York and I was told I was crazy. So I go through that and I'm facing, like staring at a blank slate, a very blank slate, like very blank slate, the most blank slate I've, I had ever had in my life out of expectations and plans for the future. And like the grief part was grieving all the future scenarios that I thought were determined for me and now they were gone. That's freedom also, but that's a lot of new choices you have to make. And one day I was asking the universe, like, what options am I not seeing where I can move somewhere else? Like, what if I can move? Like, can I move? And I remember going through this dialogue. I love that question where you ask the universe, like, what options am I not seeing? I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I was in the shower and I was like, I was actually in New York traveling. We need to make a product where we have a shower thing. I know. Can... <laughs> I left the shower with shampoo. Like I was wet, like I was washing my hair and I ran to the computer and I was like, green card lottery, because I remembered that there was a lottery where... Once a year, they give away green cards and it's literally a lottery. Like mathematically, it's a miracle. And I submitted that in 2020. And again, it's a miracle. And so when I won it, the leap wasn't moving to New York. The leap was believing that I could, that that option would ever open up for me. And so mm -hmm. winning the green card lottery was more of like the, the, oh my God, what the fuck? Just <laughs> and then moving here was more of, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. So you just go with it, you know, and it was really hard in many ways, but it was the biggest miracle ever. So I think the leap was more what happened before for that to be able to exist than the actual getting on a flight. Like I was, I feel so grateful and so blessed by the fact that I get to be here. Yeah. And I think that that's just such an amazing and inspirational story on so many different levels. One I think that, you know, I work with a lot of women as well, or and just people in general, you see them living certain lives that they know are not for them. They know they're not happy, whether it's relationship or their job or where they live. And they know they need to leave or make a change. And there's that fear of what if something is not on the other side or what if nothing better is out there for me. And I'm so someone who was also sat with that feeling and those thoughts and those ideas. And it's kind of, it's just so inspiring to see you shatter this entire glass box of a beautiful life. It was a beautiful yeah. life you were living, but it was not what you wanted. And I can't say glass box because I feel like it was like you broke the box and you saw that there was not really anything on the other side. That's like the blank slate, you know? And I think that I love that you use the glass box and thank you for that image because I love the idea that it's a box and you feel trapped in a certain way, but you can see on the other side at the same time. Yeah. And I think that the most powerful thing for me was this day when I realized that there was in the door, the door was open. It was always open. No one ever closed it. Mm. And like, you can see outside and you can also tell it's glass and then you can also feel trapped or stuck, but then the door is open no one ever closed it and there's no lock and it's like ah I was never locked inside any box I was the box and I was the lock and I was the key and well that's why I think it's so special that you 
really work on mental health as well. And also mental health is not exactly the word, but like spiritual health, mental health, you know, all of that is so important because the door is open. We're the ones that think it's closed. And or if we're so blocked in our stories or our fears or our doubts or whatever it is, then we're not even like looking for the door where we're in that corner of the box just staring in in like time out essentially where we're yeah. just kind of like okay i i deserve to be here i need to be here and then once you start doing that work on yourself you start to see new possibilities new options and then you suddenly turn around and you're like it's been open this whole time what do you mean and it's what do you mean so many, what you know you know i think that working with so many people like you and I do we were able to see patterns and stories come up so you, it makes it a little bit sometimes for me like I see so many situations where I see people like just hearing your story for example and knowing you and seeing that you left things that weren't making you happy and seeing the life that you've built for yourself here beautiful home beautiful career beautiful community beautiful partner the whole thing and you really got this whole new fresh start you know and so seeing that it really is inspiring to be like okay I'm going to take those leaps it really took me organizing myself and getting myself prepared to take this leap and that was really working on my mindset working on my beliefs working on all that stuff because i wanted it to be successful i want to see what happens on the other side of this so i love that so in your business specifically which is extremely successful how do you use and just basic one on one because I know we could talk about this for hours but use your human design to make decisions because I remember when we first started talking you were kind of similar where you were just like I don't know if I believe in this like 100 hour work week model type of thing and you've created such a successful life for yourself from following your intuition on what you felt would be best for you so if you could give us a little bit of a peek into that I think human design shows you where the fastest way to your power is, and that's what mm. business requires. And mm. so I, I see human design as the cheat code to finding your leaks of your power and then finding the places where it's going to grow. And I think it's also this just permission slip to stop distracting yourself with how other people leak their power, contain their power, or grow their power. And literally be like, oh, it's so cool that it works for her. And then just go back to your lane. I think the distraction is just one of the biggest reasons why we are not more in our power. The distraction of just comparing why something works for someone, why should the things I'm not doing, the things I should be doing better, blah, 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 blah. I love always coming back to this. It's so basic and it makes so much intuitive sense. There are these like little buttons in our body that if we press, the results are exponential. There are these leaks that if I cover them, I bring back so much energy into my life, so much vitality, so much creativity. And it's just input output, you know, where am I diluting my power and where can I grow it? Because your business requires you to be for a business to grow and for sales to come in a way that is reinvigorating and not just leaving you burn out and just having to like convince and just go uphill to figure it out yeah i feel like the difference is like how can this be easy and exciting and inviting especially when you're trying to grow your business versus exactly. i think the flip side of that is feeling like like i know when i'm not utilizing my design it feels like i'm pushing a boulder up a mountain a hundred percent 
And then when I'm utilizing my design, I'm actually on the other side of the mountain and everything's just, you know, flowing. 100%. And I think that scaling a business is about getting more results with the same input, right? That's literally the definition of scaling. Growing a business would be also growing the input. So growing a team and then getting the same and then growing the company, but staying at the same profit level, for example, that would be growing. Scaling means maximizing every single resource that's already there. And when we're talking about scaling, we're talking about maximizing your power and your authenticity and your truth and your stories. And I think that's the part where in the new bit where we are going, especially after COVID, the new paradigm, like so many shifts are happening in the consciousness of the world and the way we do business and the way people buy and the way we sell stories and our soul and our impact and whatever we're passionate about and the things that light up our eyes, those things are, they're gold. I was just listening to a podcast that said, facts tell, stories sell. 100%. And stories will always be at the core of what emotionally connects us to other human beings. And so when we do business with stories, people genuinely care. And I think we have to change the questions into not how do I sell more? How to just what new tactic or marketing do I need to adopt? But how do I connect more? And how do I share more powerful stories? And how do I become a bridge for people? And how does my company become a bridge into higher levels of whatever you sell, right? And higher impact, higher purpose, higher functionality, higher sustainability, like whatever you sell, there's something that's going to be brought into the life of someone. But I think that human design is one time management, also just self-believe and just the granting permission. So I imagine that I sometimes do this journaling exercise where I say I grant myself permission for, and I remember when I was little and you had to ask for permission to like go to the bathroom at school, right? In my like pre-K or whatever, you have to be like, can I go to the bathroom? And sometimes they would say no. (laughs) And sometimes you would have to wait or you would only be able to like allow to do this and this, but under these guidelines and times and whatever. And I started realizing that I need to grant myself the permission first. And that exercise of just like speaking it out loud or writing it up, human design gave me that cheat code of here it is, like what I need to grant myself permission for. And so decision-making my case is very intuitive. So I had to write down like a couple of years ago when I found human design, I felt more seen than I had ever felt. I was like, I grant myself permission to make decisions intuitively and not through my logic. And after I wrote it down like that, I was like, oh, okay. It's not only that it's optional or that like, maybe there's nothing wrong with making decisions my way. It's that it's the only way I can ever make decisions, right? It's not that, oh, nothing's wrong if you blah, 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 blah. Because that comes from the premise that there's something wrong that you're defending. The other, like the higher level is I grant myself permission too. And then just actually grant yourself permission to be in your power when you do things in your way. And so I think human design is just this permission slip to find the places where you have, where you need to grant yourself permission to do the things your way and then find the leaks that are diluting your power because diluting your power is diluting your sales. It's diluting your impact. It's diluting your authenticity inside the company, outside the company, the communication, the stories, the position, the strategy, like everything comes down to that. Mm -hmm. I can't even explain how true that is because when I learned my human design, especially the Seiko authority piece, which is that 
my intuition is telling me yes or no in the moment. I will have a business meeting with someone and I'll have a moment where I will contract or I'll have a moment where I'm like, yes, this feels really good. And it took me so long to learn to trust that. And I look back over the years and there was a couple times in particular where I had that gut feeling and it's so in the moment. It could just be a conversation where we're talking about a business idea and it seems like if you were sitting on the conversation, you'd be like, oh, that sounds so great. This is exciting. This is inspiring. No problem. And I'll have a feeling where I'm like, no, I don't know about this. I don't know. And I really doubted that for a long time. Over time, every time I felt that, I don't know, it has cost me time. It has cost me lots of money. It has cost me my mental health beyond anything, stress, anxiety, all kinds of things. I can pinpoint every time the last three years of running Benchum, those moments where I've made decisions because it takes time to learn, you know? And then once I really leaned into that as understanding that, no, this is how I'm designed to make decisions. That is my specific, based off of my design, my higher self, intuition, whatever it is, being like, that's a no, that's a yes, that's a no, that's a yes. And when I learned that and really trusted that, oh my God, everything changed. Just to give you an example, our Paris immersion, for example, was such a one that I really followed every point of intuition, every point of, you know, what was, and we had so much fun on that immersion. Everything was seamless. Everything lined up perfectly. We had the most incredible community come together. The tickets just sold easily, like, like nothing. It was just like, we were just looking at each other, my team, and we were like, are we working? Like, does this work? And the retreats are like that as well. And just to show people, like, it really just expanded everything for me. I love the word seamless. Yeah. And it makes it easier. And it's still, you're still working. There's still things you have to put together. And it's not like, you know, just to be very clear, it's not like a walk in the park, you know, but it's just, it feels more like synchronicity when you follow your intuition based off of your design and make your decisions that way. So just before we log off, our session's just about over. What is just one piece of advice you could give people? Start a podcast. I think that, (laughs) no, but actually I think it would be if you want to start, grow or scale a business to go back to the stories. The Mm -hmm. stories are always where the emotional connection lies. The stories, I think when I work with women that are starting businesses, they tell me, and I used to feel the same thing. Like, why would someone care about this story? Why would someone care about the the Paris immersion? Which is just to be transparent, how I felt. And you were like, she literally took right. me by the shoulders and she was like, tell your stories. <laughs> and I could do that because I had done Benchin for an entire month. I'd been following up for a year and I was dying to know. So mm-hmm. I think that with you, I felt so like, I was like, I need to know, right? And I was like, if I need to know, then so many people need to know. Right. But when you're in the inside of the business or in the inside of the idea, I just, it might feel like this is insignificant or why would people want care? Or why would people know? And whenever that comes up, I try to take it as a sign that it's really important because that's normally your ego saying, or like just a logical mind, the lizard brain, like whatever is trying to just protect you and keep you in the, in the comfort zone. I love the lizard brain by Seth Godin named it that. 
I love that word. I'm just like my lizard brain is being a bitch right now. Yeah, it's being a bitch because it's trying to hide and it's like squeezing into like the little corner, whatever. And that is going to tell you like, no, be more professional or um, this is not serious enough. This is not valuable enough. How is it going to look? And it's those genuine, the most raw, the most like beautiful stories about how you started, how you overcame something, why something's important to you. That is going to create the most loyalty, the highest connection and the the seamless, to use the same word, of every single aspect inside a product, a sales, a strategy, a marketing. Where, and also stories are always authentic. They are, can never be repeated. And so authenticity will always be magnetic in the business world. And stories are, by definition, unique because they are yours and so it's like such an easy path and I think because it is so simple and sometimes might feel too simple for business people shy away from it but at the end of the day business is just energetics and it really comes down to very simple terms and our mind makes it more complicated but I think the number one advice is just go back to the story, tell the story you've never told. Always remember to refresh your stories. Sometimes we get very hung upon like the one story that we keep telling. Sometimes you just have to look back at the archive of your life. Mm. There are so many stories that now have new meanings and you have now have new endings and you can use them, right? For your storytelling, for your purpose, to find new products that you can sell, to find new ways to brand yourself, to come up with terms, methodologies. Like what if we just have like, there's an archive inside and you have to look inside. And then there are some stories that now you can be, maybe you're not ready to tell because before you weren't, maybe there are stories that you forgot were there and your customers are not, they can't guess, like your clients and your community cannot guess where things come from or why they're important to you or what their origin is. You are in charge of repeating it so that it can be remembered. And so that can people actually connect and actually genuinely understand the origin, the love, the passion, the impact, the why behind it. And it's so easy to do with stories, symbols, and and metaphors, and these like characters and learnings and lessons that we have accumulated through our life. And it's original by nature. So it's like so easy and so sustainable. And when you're able to connect with people through that, things are able to just ah, you know, like be in a win-win-win situation and in a very heartfelt, high soul (laughs) business, sales, marketing, storytelling, and strategy. Mm -hmm. That's why I love a podcast. You know, I love that Issa really pushes the stories because it creates this unique marketing opportunity for you where people can connect to you and they want to connect and people are waiting to connect to you and your specific story. And just before we jump off of here, it's that's really, you know, you inspired me to really share more. It's like there's so many people that teach what I do, what I do, teaching yoga, teaching meditation, doing coaching, but it's my unique story that is what makes it differentiated and what draws people in and it's your unique story that draws people to you and I think that we when we try to fit ourselves into boxes we forget that the door is right there open for us to step into something the glass box was always open the glass box door was always open Love it. Thank you so much for being here. And we're going to link in your website, how to find you, your Instagram. And when is your new course launching? 
we have a waitlist open, so I'll give you that link. We still don't have a date, but it will be the first course in English. And it's going to be just a three-day 101 because starting a podcast is as fast as like a couple of days. And not a lot of people know that. And I remember telling you, like, you're hung up on the easy part. The easy I part remember, is the tech. Yeah, you were just you, like... <laughs> and I was like, you have the hard part done. Like, you have the stories, you have the, the brain, you know? Like, you already have the knowledge, the stories, the soul, the brand... The tech part and like the setting up is like a, a one day situation. Normally, the part that takes the longest is the strategy and the stories and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you have to do this. But in three days, you can have a podcast up and running. But the important part is also just, is it linking to the bigger like strategy? So that's going to be the first English course. So I'm very excited. We'll do the tech part. But the most important thing is we'll get it going as something that's sustainable long term and something that you also enjoy because this is so fun. I love that. Beautiful. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.